This is Talking Dirty, Get Gardening's podcast for plant lovers. The video version is available on our Get Gardening YouTube channel, so you can head over there if you want to see our ugly mugs, and there are pictures of the plants there as well. There are full plant lists on our Twitter and Instagram at Get Gardening Now, so go check those out. But without further ado, let's start Talking Dirty. Welcome to episode 61 of Talking Dirty. Over at East Roston Old Vicarage, looking a little bit like he's covered in plants, like he's a whole herbaceous border, is Alan Edward Herbert Gray, our happy and very handsome horticulturalist. And over in Cambridgeshire on the sunny side of the street, we have Thordis Maria Sophia Fredrickson. And you're looking absolutely delightful. I noticed that our guest has plants in the background somewhere. I just saw something waving across the screen. You have plants in the background. I'm sitting here with plants on my curtains, but that's all. (laughs) Plants on the upholstery, plants on the clothes. We need to get some more house plants into shop, Mr. Gray. But we've got lots of really beautiful show and tell with this week's guest. We are super excited to invite Danish gardener extraordinaire, master of Instagram and YouTube and his wonderful plot in Denmark. It is Klaus Dalby. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for your kind invitation. And I must say that you're both so professional. And um, yes, um, I'm just sitting here. It's, it's, it's quite rainy and windy. We have had very nice weather yesterday and um, it's quite mild but uh, I have decided to be inside in in my kitchen with the fireplace and I have picked some flowers in the garden and I'm looking so much forward to our chat. You look very snuggled up in your kitchen with your fireplace. What means means snuggled? Snuggled up. (laughs) I think you've got um, got some hygge going on. Yes, hygge. Yes, you're right. You're right. (laughs) Yes. Now, Klaus, for the few people watching or listening who who don't know your garden, tell us a bit about your plot, you know, the the space that you garden, how long you've been there and when this passion for plants started. Yes, we have lived here for 27 years now. And when we bought a place, when we have bought the place in in the mid-90s, I didn't know that I were a gardener. I have always been interested in colours, in uh, design, uh, but it was was as an inside. But um, I have been in publishing. I'm running a publishing company, and and, uh, the the publishing company is 35 years old now. And uh, I was always looking for people who could make books. And uh, I have heard about uh, a flower painter in the north of our country. I'm living in Jotland. And if you know a little bit about Denmark, um, I think you know if you're living in England, Jotland is the mainland. If you go from Germany, over the border, you're coming to Jutland. And if you go direct to the north, you are coming to Skagen. And uh, I think uh, many people will know Skagen because um, of the artists there. They're very famous. It was for about 100 years ago. But I'm living at the east coast, um, in the middle. I'm living in Aarhus. Aarhus is the next biggest town in Denmark. But because I was always looking for, for people who could make books, uh, I have contacted um, Anne Just. I have heard about um, her garden, which was, I've seen in pictures, which was amazing. 
And uh, I had asked her if, if she could maybe be interested in make, make a book. And so I was going to her garden. And she was living in the north of Denmark, um, just maybe one and a half uh, kilometer from the West Coast. And it was, um, I must say, when I went there, it, was, it amazed me so much. It was, for me, it was, I'd never ever seen a garden like this. And in a split second, I was interested in gardening because when we have bought the house here, uh, there were just a lawn. Um, we have um, 4,000 square meter, um, it's about an acre. And um, this is an old, you can call it a manor house, uh, 110 years old. And when I went to Annen, I could see that I could do something with, 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 with my garden there. And um, so um, I just started looking in the books, you know, it was before the internet. And um, then it was developing over the years. Um, because I'm in publishing, I was also starting to write books about my garden. Until today, I have written about 30 books about garden and flowers. And then it was just developing. And um, I went to England with Anne, and it was unbelievable. I'm sure, Alan, that you maybe know um, um, that you uh, know maybe know Hatsbin Garden. Hatsbin Garden were in Somerset. Yes, exactly. Hatsbin House. Have you been there? Penelope Hophouse is an old garden. Yes, Penelope Hophouse is a former home. And then yeah. Laurie and Centre Pope took over. Have you been yeah, there? Yeah, that's right. Yes, no, I haven't. Oh, I, know that, I know that Norrie and Sandra, when they had the garden, they colour-themed it. it. It was an oval-shaped garden, wasn't it? Yes. And they colour-themed it beautifully. It was amazing. And um, the story is that they, they came from Vancouver Island in Canada. Yeah. And they you're right, they took over the garden from Penelope Hophouse. And it was a beautiful place uh, for about, I think, maybe... 15 years ago, yes. they moved back to Canada. Yeah. And very sadly, uh, Nori passed away for about two years ago. But they were amazing. And they have they were they have published a book um, at Conron Octopus in English called Color by Design. And uh, because I was a publisher, I have bought the rights and uh, I published this in Denmark. But for me to go and see their garden, it was amazing because the use of colors and shapes and um, it had meant so much to me. And uh, then I also, I would also like to mention Pete Ogolf, who had opened my eyes for the shapes. It's also my plan to go and, 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 and visit you too. Uh, one day I will come, but you're quite in the north. Me? No, yeah. I'm in the, I'm in... Halfway up England, on the right-hand side, there's a piece, the piece of land that juts out, which is East Anglia, and yes. I'm in Norfolk on the coast near a place called. It's spelt Happisburg, but in English we say Haysborough. Yeah. Um, but you can be sure I have looked you up at the internet also before uh, you have invited me here, and I like your clothes and your wearings and and all the things you do. So I also I really know about you, but. I have learned so much from, from, from gardeners around. So today 
I have my garden and um, I'm, I'm quite um, active on, on the social medias. Uh, I have also made uh, many television programs for my garden. Uh, they have been sent in, um, they have been sent in, um, in Scandinavia. And uh, yes, here I am now today. What I love uh, when you, you put regular videos up walking around your garden and, and sort of sharing tips, but also just sharing your joy for the garden. I think that's one of the things people love is you, your heart and soul goes into your garden. Thank you. I'm very pleased about that. Yes, I think it's, it's amazing. And for me, I would say my main interest is, um, is design, but also designing with plants. But for me, it's about to create um, a little world. Uh, today we have, I think we have 15 rooms in the garden. So, so I would say it's, it's quite a small garden. But of course, when you're talking about Danish gardens, it's, it's not a small garden, but comparing to, to gardens in, in, in England, I also think, uh, Alan, your gardens is quite big. Yes, it's 32 acres. Yes, oh my goodness. How many <laughs> gardeners do you have? Well, we have, um, we have two full-time gardeners, and I think we have um, a team that comes in three, two and three days a week, and there's probably three of those. And um, Alan. And... <laughs> Is Alan? <laughs> and, and how, how so? I know that 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 is, you shall you shall ask me, but I would also like to know about you too. How old is your garden? Um, we began our garden probably. Well, we bought the house in 1973, while we were both living in London, and um, we didn't live here permanently until the late 1980s. When we bought the house, it was it was it was not derelict, but it, it hadn't been lived in for three years, so it's quite neglected. There was no garden at all. It had about two and a half acres. So we were living in London at the time and only spending the weekend here. Um, and we're about 130 miles from London, I suppose. So I would arrive on a Friday afternoon and Graham would then come up on the train and I'd meet him at the train station. Back here we came. Um, and then we came to live here permanently with the advent really of modern telecommunications. And that was probably about 1988, 89. Um, and then we began to garden much, much more. I had an antique shop um, and the council that we were leasing the shop from wanted a huge amount of money and increased rent, which was untenable. So we gave it up. I started gardening in earnest at that point and we gradually acquired more acreage until we got to the present acreage today, which is 32. And it, um, it's been a fascinating journey. And now, I mean... I feel probably a bit like you about my garden, that it is my refuge from the ever more hostile world out there. Um, and it, I try with all my heart, my mind, my soul, my body to make it into the most delightful place. Um, and I think that judging from, I think you'll agree with this probably, but judging from comments, especially from visitors, because we open the garden to the public, um, it is the gardens that are gardened by the person who lives there. Yes. Have the soul. And that soul speaks to visitors when they come to your garden. Do you yes. And, and, we, and, and I really um, love, love the sense of saying um, the garden is the garden. Yes. But uh, you have created the most amazing place. And do you, do you take many groups and, and many visitors? We have, uh, we're open five afternoons a week to visitors. 
We have um, garden clubs quite often come as a group. Um, I do private guided tours on days when we're not open, which is Mondays and Tuesdays, or you can have a guided tour in the morning of the days that we open. And then, you know, we have lunch at 12 o'clock and then everybody else joins the garden and you can stay in the garden for as long as you like. Um, so I, I thought that you would say we have lunch and everyone else can join. So uh, not for the lunch. <laughs> Open a few bottles, but, you know. <laughs> this this is amazing. But I would say my garden is not open for the public. Friends are always welcome. People yes. I know, also you, of course. But um, I'm, I'm also quite private. And yeah. may, maybe it sounds a bit stupid, but the interest is too big because I'm also making television and things. So yeah. the gate is closed. So I don't take groups. I have um, I have a community called Klaus Dolby Garden Club where you can be a member. It's not it's not when you say a garden club you mean uh, a club in 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 a certain town or thing. But but you can be a member and uh, you pay for that and and, and there are over two two hundred videos from the garden and um, I'm posting a new video every month and um, then you are allowed to come and see the garden uh, once per year and yeah. it really works for me but also because I'm living in an area which is very what you can say it's in team and uh, I'm, I'm sure that my, my neighbors will, will not allow me to, uh, to <laughs> but you're in the countryside we are in the countryside yes and I quite understand the way you feel about your garden um but, you know, when you have visitors, there are lots of other things that you have to include. I mean, you've got yes. to think about and the you, basic and things. And your garden always needs to be very tight. And, 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 and I think that people think that my garden is always nice and tidy. But this, this is not. I'm, I have been live streaming from my garden every Sunday. But of course, I can choose the corners to show. But I think it, yeah. it, it always, when, when, when you are having an open garden, you also want to show the best. So, so um, yeah. yes, I would like to ask you, and then you can ask me, <laughs> do you know uh, such a beautiful man and a beautiful garden, uh, George Smith? George Smith, oh, the flower arranging chap. Yes. I know of him, but I don't know his garden. Oh, and I suspect that his garden is almost immaculate. Such, a, but it's not, is it very far away from you? This is near to yeah. York. It's outside of York. Yeah. And um, such a spectacular place. And um, he also have a team of gardeners. And yeah. um, But okay, now you can um, interview me. <laughs> I quite like this. This is, this is a conversation. And I think yes. it's always nice to, to hear about and, 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 we're, and that you also know uh, some of, of the same people. They are mutual yeah. friends. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah, garden inspiration, which can be found everywhere. Now, I know you have some beautiful flowers to inspire us, Klaus. We love show and tell on this podcast. Uh, so what did you bring along to show us from your garden? Yes, um, I would also have loved to, to, to take you on a tour in the garden. But because, because of the weather, I have taken um, some flowers inside and... Um, uh, when people ask me what's, what's my favorite flowers, I think it's so difficult to say. In April is the daffodils, in uh, May is the tulips, and in the start of June, the peonies, and, and the mid-June is um, it's the roses, and, and, and. But just now, in the late summer, I, I love the dahlias. 
And uh, but but what I do with the dahlias, I plant them with companion plants because I think that sometimes if you just have dahlias, it can be sorry to say that, but it can be a little bit like a Tivoli Park. But I, I like to have companion plants. And um, I grow all my dahlias in containers in pots. And you probably know that I am that I'm mad about containers. And I'm also so pleased that 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 one of my books will be uh, published in English in March, called um, Containers uh, in the Garden. And uh, in this book, I'm talking about also the seasons, and of course also the dahlias. And I have picked uh, some dahlias uh, from the garden. I'm growing almost all colors. I don't know if I have maybe 150 and maybe 200 varieties. Uh, so I have many pots because I, 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 I just love to, um, to work with repetition. So when I plant in pots, I have at least three pots, three containers with the same variety. So it means I have so many dahlias. But um, I would like to show you some of the, the dahlias, and I would also like to show you some companion plants. This is a beautiful variety, I think. This is Evelyn. And what I like with Evelyn is that you have this uh, hint of, do you say violet? Can you say violet? Or, violet, or, or yes. Lilac, or, or, or lavender. Maybe a lavender is, is, is a better word, but I think it's such a beautiful variety. For example, you can, um, you can combine it with Verbena bonariensis. Oh, yeah. um, you can see here because it has the center here. It's also a beautiful, uh, you can also make a beautiful combination with telectrons. I have so many telectrons in the garden. Um, I grow, for example, Telectrum rockeponianum, which is, it will be quite tall, around three meters, and also Hewitt's double, the yep. double one. But um, you can see here, Evelyn, are you familiar with Evelyn? Yes, yeah. I am familiar with it, yeah. Sometimes I say that I don't like if the dahlias have too many colors, but I think this is very uh, distinctive. Can you, can you say that distinctive? I think that's what you would call a very smart dahlia and a smart combination too. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I think the great thing about Evelyn as well is on social media, a lot of people said Evelyn was their first to come out. She was certainly my first dahlia to flower. And I think a lot of people found that. And she's very floriferous as well. So she's a, just a really good doer. You get a, such a long season of interest and she combines so yes, well with other plants. And I, I, call them, I call them the tulips of the late summer because of the colours. And the good thing is that when you talk about tulips, not just flowering once, but with the dahlias, you can just pick and pick and pick. And then we have um, salvia amistad, yeah. which is also um, a beautiful salvia. It's, um, I think it's maybe, um, it's maybe hardy in, 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 in England. You can't guarantee that it's hardy in England either, Klaus. If, you, oh. it's, if it's in a very sheltered place, it could be hardy, but you know, it, there's always a doubt in it. Yes, but maybe it also has something to do with the winter wet. Yeah. I think it's it's very very often it's it's about the winter wet. I think Amistad is it's beautiful, but also Love and Wishes. I think it's yeah. it's um, it's also a beautiful uh, variety, and it's so easy to grow um, the salvias from cutting. Yeah. And I would say that my garden is also a real plantman's garden. I remember the first time I went to England and saw. Uh, the description, a real plantman's garden. It could also be a plant woman's garden. I think, 
what is that? What is a plant man? But I like to grow. I like to grow uh, from seeds and from cuttings and uh, grow a lot of plants. I also need to say that I have uh, two full-time gardeners, but I always say that I am the head gardener. <laughs> um, and when people ask us if we are digging the dahlias up, I say, of course we do that. I have so many beautiful varieties. Also, when we are talking about the Hatsby garden, uh, for example, the orange one, David Howard, will, will, which which also a very classic variety with dark foliage. I have it from Norway and Santa in, uh, for, for 20 years ago. And I think it's so great to have plants which remind you, uh, it can be family, it can be friends and things yeah. you have been giving. And I think we all, all have that. Yes, we all have it. And we all tell the tales to yes. our friends of where these things came from. And this reminds me of my grandmother or the, you know, whoever. Um, we grow um, an impatience in the garden here and it's an annual one. Um, and it came, it was given to me as a seed pod by Christopher Lloyd at Great Dixter in okay. East Sussex. And we've had it ever since. He said, just throw it on the ground. It will <laughs> spread itself around, but it won't ever become a huge nuisance. And he's absolutely right. And people still love it today. And I'm always saying, well, help yourself to some seed. I also had, uh, you know, Ephobia graffiti um, uh, Dixter. Yeah. Which is also from, from, now we are a bit nerdy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get all the plant names. We always do a plant list. We are very nerdy on this podcast, Klaus. Okay, I, I really like that. But I have some few more things. Then I think Blue Boy. It's also it's also a great variety. And you can see Blue Boy um, together uh, with Evelyn. Um, I think it's quite interesting when we in the plant world are talking about blue flowers, because this is not a blue flower. Selvia patens is a blue flower, but I also call these um, dahlias for blue. You have this, uh, this is a blue boy, and then you have this, this wonderful variety. Uh, this, is, um, this is blue for you. And uh, I don't know if you can call this a single flower variety because it's had this middle. We would call that an anemone-centered variety. Okay, yes. Because it has that center. Yeah. Yes, but I think it's also such a great thing for the bees and for the insects. Yes, yes. some of the single ones. And yeah. uh, when we talk about single ones, uh, this is, this is uh, Happy Single Juliet's. And uh, the Happy Single series, they, there are so many great varieties and they are so um, amazing for pots because they're growing, they're quite low and uh, they, they, all have, um, they all have dark foliage. And um, an interesting thing with, with the single dahlias is that they are always, they're always the first to flower. I don't know if you have been thinking yes, about Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's quite true. I have a dahlia, very similar in colouring. And it was given to me by the head gardener at Sandringham House, where Her Majesty the Queen stays in, in North Norfolk. Um, and he didn't have a name for it. So I call it Sandringham Pink. Yes. Um, it, it, you, could it also it, you could also call it the Queen. Steady. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 And this is, um, this, is, this is quite similar to Magenta Star. Yeah. Magenta Star is also beautiful dahlia. Uh, but it's 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 so hard to find it because it's it's um, the tubers are very small. But I have got some 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 uh, cuttings from England for, for some years ago, and then I have grown it by cuttings. And I have tubers. Uh, I have tubers now. But but I think the happy single cereal 
it's also it's also a beautiful um, can i just can i just tell you that magenta star in my garden is hardy and i've left uh, a tuber by my potting shed in the flower bed there for uh, eight years maybe maybe more and i was looking at it yesterday it grows next to um a clematis on us on an obelisk called princess kate um, yes. which is quite a pale one and the the clematis um obelisk is seven feet tall magenta star is now as tall as that so magenta oh, star damn. is seven feet tall in my garden this year it's unheard of uh i've never known it so big no you will go to guinness book of records <laughs> <laughs> try try to uh, try to do that and, and do you also grow a lot of, of dahlias yes Yes, we do. We grow many dahlias. And I'll tell you something that I've started to do, and that is from, uh, I, I do like collarette dahlias, which are almost single. Again, they're wonderful for the bees and the other in other insects. But there's a variety called Chimborazo. I don't know whether you'd know it at all. No, I'm not sure. Well, the, the National Collection Holder of, of Dahlias in England, that's where I got it from. Um, it's very, very dark red outer petals. And then the, the, the filaments in the middle, a br brilliant sort of orangey gold. Um, and I, I had this dahlia growing and I thought, I keep deadheading it and deadheading it. I'm going to leave one of these heads and grow some of the seed. Yes. And the seed I got from it was so interesting. They're all singles, um, but they range in colour from almost black through to very ordinary wishy-washy colours, some of them. They're not all good, but there are lots of them that are. And I had one that had pink striped petals, pink and white striped petals, which I've got growing in the garden outside here today. And I mean, that again is now about seven or eight feet tall. It's a very tall growing daily, but I do like growing those singles from seed. Uh, you don't need to grow many. If you, if you grow too many, you don't have the space to do it. But I mean, I do. Um, and I do like the variety that you get. And for I suppose if I'm honest, for every 30 plants, you might get one good one. But that doesn't matter because I'm not doing it scientifically. I'm letting the bees do my work for me. And then I'm just taking a, a pop shop at it, you know, thinking this will be fun. And, and what do you do if there's a, a variety you really like? Will you propagate it by, by, um, by cuttings the year after? Yeah, exactly that. I dig the tuber up and I keep it in a pot and I start it into growth early in the greenhouse. And then as soon as it starts putting up shoots, I start taking cuttings. And I can probably get 20 or 30 cuttings from one plant, yes. um, you know, because you do it. <laughs> and, and yes, but I think we also need to explain if people don't know, don't know that, that the great thing is when you're taking cuttings in the early seasons and they start to grow, they will set tubers. And the tubers you can overwinter, and it's 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 also that way new varieties start. For example, especially if you go to the states, you can see the most beautiful varieties. But maybe uh, the grower had uh, just uh, maybe uh, twenty tubers, and therefore yeah. it's very very expensive. But maybe in um, in maybe in uh, in twenty years you can get it very cheap. It's also I think with with the dahlias, with the itrohyde varieties. In the beginnings, the crossing between the herbaceous and um, and the tree peonies, they were also so expensive. But yeah. now they are a little bit. Yeah. But another way bit. that you can propagate dahlias is if you buy a tuber, and if that tuber has you, you wait and see the tuber starts to grow, and it has these little red eyes on the top. Yes. And if you slice with a very sharp knife, 
you can go between those and get if you take each tuber with an eye, that will be a separate plant for you. So if you're clever, I I I, I, I do the same, and I think also. Yeah. Do, you, do you think it's possible to make um, cuttings from top shoots from dahlias? I've never tried, Klaus. No, I don't know. And but but, but I think um, also when we take cuttings, we have a sharp knife, and then we take a little piece of the tubers. But I have also taken sometimes just divided the tubers and and plant them individually. And sometimes the new shoots from a tuber are very easy, because they actually have almost the roots starting at the top, coming yes. new roots coming out of them. So if you take the shoot and you wriggle it backwards and forwards until it comes away from the tuber, you can see that it's already starting to make. Yeah. It's just so exciting. Propagating is so exciting. Um, but how much space do you have for stuff like that, Klaus? Because you, you've got, a, I mean, more space than I have. I'm jealous of your acre. But, you know, to have the space to be propagating and growing on as well as the beautiful sort of showy parts of the garden. I have three greenhouses. I have my first greenhouses were coming from um, Hartley Botanic. Uh, this yeah. is 30, 30 square metres. Uh, and this is a cold house. Then I have um, the second one was this is uh, this is this is a wooden a greenhouse. It's 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 my own design uh, together with an, with an architect. This is a wall house, and uh, this is forty square meters. No, this is fifty square meters. And and the latest one uh, is it's also a wall house, and this is uh, forty square meters. And if you have seen it, I call it my my greenhouse studio. I have so many. Oases and, and, and things there. But the thing is also in, 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 in all the greenhouses, we have shelves. Um, so we can place um, the plants there and it gives us uh, around 20 uh, square meters more. So um, it's, it's, it's fine. You have a good amount. You're maximizing your space, Klaus. Yes. <laughs> Did you have any more plants in your vase to show and tell, or have we? I have, I have one more, which I would like to show you. This is, um, this is Lavenda Perfection. And this is a so-called dinner plate. And I know that people are really amazed about very big flowers, but I think sometimes the dahlia can be too big. Yes. And um, I pinch them. And because I pinch them when they are quite small, they will, you will have more flowers and they will, they will, be, uh, they will be a bit smaller. But I think this, um, this Lavenda Perfection, it's also, uh, it's also a beautiful day, yes. Uh, as Alan say, I also like the, the red ones. I like all the colors. I also have a display just with, with a lot of uh, yellow, yellow dahlias together with, uh, with white dahlias. Uh, in my opinion, it can be a little bit difficult to combine uh, the yellow dahlias with, with, with other colors. Yes, you can do it with white. Uh, you can also do it with, with, with blue, but um, the colors are, are almost what you, can, uh, what you can call neon color, because yeah. they, are, they are so bright. And, uh, but I can see uh, when people see it, they really like them. Maybe they, 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 they didn't know that they like uh, the yellow colors. And uh, I'm also talking very much about um, uh, plants with, with, with limey foliage. I'm very interested in foliage. And so often I have been talking in my videos about uh, the citrus uh, foliage because I think it's so important. And especially in the spring, it, it's, it's like in the whole garden up. Uh, for some years ago, I went for the first time to um, uh, to the garden of um, 
Oh, you know, the old lady uh, who passed away, uh, Beth Chatter. Oh, Beth yeah. Chatter. Yeah. So. Yes, of course. I, how could I forget it? Your <laughs> Beth Chatter. I went to her woodland garden and saw that she was doing the same with, with all the yellow leaved um, shrubs. I just love to have shrubs in the garden, also in the pots. And when we are talking about uh, Fusucarpus, I think you call it nine bark. Yeah. With the shrubs, with, which is uh, flowering on the second year's growth, I cut them down in the spring to, to about a high me half meter because I don't want to see the flowers. I, I don't, I don't, I, 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 I like the foliage. And when we cut them down, you will have fresh shoots. Shoots. You will have, uh, you will have uh, uh, bigger leaves. And I do it uh, with the same with, with the yellow leaf for Philadelphia. And we do it with, with, with a lot of plants in the garden. The yellow theme that you're talking about, Klaus, was went through one of our favourite gardens at the Chelsea Plaza Show, the M&G Garden. I don't know whether you get to see it on television over in uh, Denmark, okay. but uh, uh, it, it's well worth a look. You can look it up on the internet, but that, yeah. that yellow theme ran through it. And yeah. going, just take, can I just tell you my favourite shrub for yellow leaves? Um, it's very late into growth, and it is a tree in, 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 in actual fact, but it's... Catalpa bignonioides aurea, the yes. yellow Indian bean tree. And again, if you cut it hard back, you get bigger leaves, but it just lightens the whole garden. And I think one of the things that I've noticed about the garden gardening public in England is that they are frightened of the color yellow. Everybody says, well, I don't like yellow. They used to say that about orange. They've got a bit more broad-minded about yeah. orange today, but they do, they're still saying it about yellow. So it needs people like you and people like me and people like our dear friend Thordis here to show the public that they don't need to be frightened about yellow. And if they use it with the right kind of complementary colours like blues and purples and mauves, you know, yellow can be stonking, absolutely fabulous. Yes, I always do when, when I'm, I'm holding a lot of, I don't know if you would call it lectures, but talks around. And then I always say to the ladies, because 95% of, of the public is latest um, from 50 and up. And I say, now I, will, I, I don't want to talk about yellow because I know that you don't like yellow, but I would just call it um, limey. Then it's much more fashionable and, and people <laughs> like it. And uh, I have, I'm also planning, I'm, I'm, I'm quite new on YouTube, but I have, I have, um, I have so many plans for plans for the winter. I'd make so much video uh, uh, material. So I would also make a video just about plants with uh, with limey foliage. The problem is with the catalpa; it's not really hardy here. It's, uh. Uh, but I would say maybe the best plant with yellow foliage because it would last for the whole season. This is Aralia sunken. Oh, yes. Yes, and we grow it in pots. I think, and when I say pots, I mean containers, which yeah. are maybe <laughs> 40 to 45 centimeters in diameter. And I think I have maybe 70, 80 pots with Aralia sunken. It's so easy to overwinter it, and it's, it's hardy, and it's really brightened it up. And, 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 and I have just posted a video um, on YouTube where I have, where I've showed some of my dahlia plantings, and there are there I'm also showing uh, some of, of, of the plants with limey foliage. But I think that foliage is also so important in the garden. I agree. Yeah, I do agree entirely. Um, you know, we, many years ago, I was having a discussion with Christopher Lloyd, 
And he actually then took this subject and wrote a book about it for, you know, a, a foliage gardening. You'll get flowers anyway, he said, you know, it doesn't matter. You will get flowers. But if you if you concentrate on not just the colours of foliage, but the shapes, I mean, the upright shapes, the, the flat shapes, the big leaves, small leaves, you know, all of the contrast that you get. And then if you use um, some bright variegated foliage, I mean, there are people that just don't like variegated foliage at all. I always say that the variegated foliage needs to be an echo of the surrounding flowers. Yes. And I think a very easy, I, I have also my sunken garden is a white garden. And we, if people say that they, they don't like variegated foliage, then I just show them, for example, you know, dahlias with a white edge. And But I think you can also overdo it because if you are using too much variegated foliage, it can be a tumor, it can be too much, but it can be so distinct when you have an echo of of the of the surrounding flowers. Exactly. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you entirely. And I think one of the other things about foliage is, I mean, do try and choose plants that have shiny leaves because shiny leaves always look cheerful and they're light reflecting. Um, they just glisten. Uh, they have another life. If you have a flat, dull, uh, like a rhododendron leaf, for instance, you wouldn't, you don't want to look at it, do you? I mean, it's dull and it's plain and it's uninteresting. But if it's shiny and light reflecting, um, like a, shall we say, a laurel, I mean, that's, people can understand what a laurel is, a, you know, that is one of my favourite plants in the winter, uh, in the winter woodland. I mean, it's just lovely. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but but I think I think also textures textures are so important because yeah. we're talking about the shapes and 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 the growth and the thing. But I also say the textures of the of the leaf. For example, see a strawberry leaf. It's amazing. Yeah. Yes, yes, you're quite right. Yeah. And also when you're talking about the uh, alchemilla mollis, when you see yes. this wealthy. No, I think that the texture is also. It's also it's also amazing, but but yeah. for me it's always about when I see a plant, maybe a new plant. Um, it's how can you put it together? For example, I'm growing, and this is uh, you probably know that, and this is a plant from from Hatton Garden, uh, Decentra Spectabilis Goldheart. Yes, I know. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it can be quite difficult. It can be quite difficult to combine it, but I think I have I always. As I have said, I do it in pot, but I also do it in my borders, work very much with repetition. So I have a planting in the spring where I have many uh, Dicentra Spectabilis gold hearts. And then you have the pink heart. It's, it's really the same as um, and truly called um, Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. And then I have uh, Queen of Nights. And, and then I have Recreato, Recreato's uh, violet. So it means if you have the pink uh, Barcelona, you have the violet Recreato, you have uh, the dark queen of night together with the lime foliage. And this is, this is it's just magical. And uh, when, when I'm seeing new plants, I always think about how can I put them together with other plants? And now there's a new variety with, with this is, it will be easier to use with lime foliage, at the central spectacle is with lime foliage, but white flowers. So you have ah, yes, the white and, and, and yeah. it's, it's, it's quite interesting. I yeah. don't remember the name. But it is quite interesting what you just said with um, Spectabilis Goldheart, because um, the gold leaves and the pink flowers, they slightly don't go together. No, 
No, but what you've done, Richard, I think is very clever, is you've leavened it. You, you, you've eased other colours in there to take you down a tone, uh, and then the yellow foliage comes up and brightens everything up. Very on, on clever. I could see that you was almost like a chef. You was, you was tasting what I was saying. It's, yes. it's because if you say to a chef, um, you should we take some walnuts? Should we take some cauliflowers? Should we take? And then you just build it up. And yeah. I would say, but I think also, and also uh, because you have these three colors and you have the lime foliage, uh, there's also a new, there's a new descent spectacularist. I don't remember, this is Ace of Spades or something with a little bit very dark green foliage. I don't grow it. I find it that I could, I could, maybe I could make some combinations, but, but there are also plants, of course, I don't grow. Yes. Yeah. And the thing is, with the center spectacularist, I think we really do in the garden. We really cut so many plants down. And the center spectacularist, if you cut it down, because uh, when, when I would say when the flowers is on the top, you cut it down, then you will get new fresh foliage during the summer. But if you wait maybe two weeks longer, it will get dormant and you will not yeah. see the foliage. And yeah. I'm, I'm mainly growing the, the, the sense of spectacular gold heart because of the foliage. It is such a privilege for me to listen to you two. I, I love all of the parallels between you, you know, pouring your heart and soul into your gardens. You're both on the coast, you know, enjoying a slightly different climate to inland. You're both kings of the container. You're both great plants, people. I just want to sit back and listen to you. <laughs> You're so young. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a real treat, though, to, to listen to real plant people sharing their plants and their tips. Um, I suppose we're going to run out of time at some point. So really, we should share some Flomo, which is a very it's a new concept. If you've never caught one of our podcasts before, we've given it a name, but it's an old feeling. So Flomo is that sort of fear of missing out you get, that FOMO you get over a flower or a plant. It is how I live my life seeing wonderful things on Instagram, seeing wonderful things in gardens. I mean, the Chelsea Flower Show, I mean, I, was, I needed to lay down in a darkened room after that, all the kind of Rebeccas and things I wanted to grow. Um, I get loads of FOMO from your garden, Klaus, and certainly from this podcast. You mentioned Thalictrums earlier. You have a Thalictrum de la VI Hewitt's Double, you mentioned. Yes. Which uh, is absolutely beautiful, and I don't grow that, but it was uh, very tempting when I saw it on your Instagram feed. Yes, and, and when people see it, they, they think it's uh, maybe a Gypsophila. And, uh, but it's, 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 it's so amazing. This is really what I call a showstopper. Really, a thing when 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 people see it, they will always ask about that plant. If you have guests in the garden, I think it's the same with you, Alan. You always know uh, this week people will ask about this and this is this, and they can be very different. Maybe it can be a fern, it can be an agapanthus, it can be a rose. But I'm always so pleased when people ask about the small flowers. Yeah, um, I'm growing. Um, a plant, so many people ask about that. This is Artemisia latiflora elfenbein. And mm. it's it's such a study plant, and it's 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 um and it's also fake nines nicely because you know with the with the white flowers and, and the green flowers, I, I always say 
don't plant a white buttlia because it, it's, 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 yeah. it's not nice when it starts to fail. But I would say, if, if I would say one of my top 10 plants is Artemisia lactiflora infambine. Do you grow this, Alan? Yes, I do. And yes. I agree with you entirely. I mean, the, you know, there's, there's another great leavening factor. The, the whole family of plants that have grey leaves, grey foliage, that's another leavening factor. And it's great for lightning areas too. I mean, if you've got somewhere in full sun with well-drained soil um, and you've got lovely grey foliage, um, there's something that I grow, a very old-fashioned thing. Yeah, I don't think you could grow it, Klaus. I think it would be too tender for you. But it's it's called, uh, it used to be called Senechio vira vira. I think it's now called Senechio like, um, I, I can't remember. Oh, but Senechio, they're beautiful. Also ancient. Yeah, yeah and, and it, this has cream flowers, but it was originally used by gardeners to cover the bare stems of climbing roses. And it has this sort of scrambling habit. Very delicate grey foliage, but it shines. It's a it's a delightful plant. People always want to know what it is. Yes, but it was it was a, a showstopper. I think that you probably can say today they will ask about these five, maybe ten plants. Exactly. Well, we have an escalonia in our garden at the moment with white flowers, uh, an evergreen. It's got lovely shiny foliage. An evergreen escalonia called IVI, covered with butterflies in the sun. Everybody wants it. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't, um, I, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm familiar with that. I don't think. I don't think it would be hardy in Denmark. Sorry? I don't think it would be hardy no. in Denmark. And, and always, also with, when people are talking about very Mediterranean plants, I don't know the, the, the names because I'm not interested in them. Mm. I think it's, it's, it's great to see Mediterranean plants when, when you go to the south, but it's, it's, it's not for me. No. <laughs> Right plant, right place, as Beth Chatto would say. Beth Chatto said that, yeah. <laughs> um, where are you at with your Flomo, Klaus? I think from our pre-podcast chat, when I mentioned seeing things on Instagram, that you might get a, a yes, little bit of I would also say, it, it, I have said that it, it's inspired me so much to, to go to other gardens, but also be to Instagram. Yes, you had asked me about that. And I think there are some beautiful dahlias and that one so many people us uh, talking about it i think it's called apple blossom it's and i think it's only in the states and uh, i have seen some very few european gardeners who have it but i think it's so difficult to 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 say because there are so many um uh, plants you like but 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 some of the the dahlias from the States, they, they are just great. I sent Alan a photo of a dahlia from America the other day on WhatsApp, uh, just saying, don't you hate it when they share photos of dahlias that we can't <laughs> get over here? Dahlias and zinnias, there are some phenomenal zinnias that they're breeding in America. Yes, yes, zinnias, as you're right, if you go to, to Erin from Floyd Flower, they have the most amazing, but, but I think they, they breed them and they, they grow them in tunnels and, um, a plant group I also really like, which is not hardly here, it's Penstemon. Yeah, yeah. I think there's so many great Penstemons, but I think it had probably something to do with the drainage because our soil is very rich and I think it's maybe too wet in the winter. Yeah, I think it is too rich. It's too rich and too wet. I think, but if you want to grow a Penstemon, I'll tell you one that I really like. It's an old variety and it's called King George. Okay. And King George has quite large red flowers, but each has a white throat. You have, you have something with the royal family, I can hear. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Like well <laughs> no, but it's always it always great to be recommended uh, new varieties. I will I will go and and, and Google it. And uh, when I started, it was the Plant Finder, you know, the big book. Yes, and, um, yes, me too. Yes, yes, it's, it's, it's great. But I always there are always plants to 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 dream about. Yes, there there, there are so many things to 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 dream about. Um, yeah. This podcast has a lot to answer for. Um, we bumped into uh, somebody at the Chelsea Flower Show who said to us, uh, you know, I love your podcast, but I'm writing down so many plants I want. I was at Alan's Plant Fair and somebody stopped me to say, I love the podcast, but um, my bank balance does not because I'm always buying <laughs> new plants for the garden. It is lovely to hear about new things to grow. Um, Alan, where are you at with your FLOMO? Well, my Flomo was going to be based on the Chelsea Plasha. I have changed that in honour of our esteemed guest Klaus today because um, of the of the plant that we saw and we discussed we discussed it quite a lot on Monday when we were at the Chelsea Plasha, and it was an old fashioned it is an old fashioned border plant, um, but it ticks boxes with what Klaus was saying about this limey, lemony, zesty feel. You know what it's going to be. It's a dwarf. Um, well, it's quite dwarf, um, solidago or goldenrod. And okay. in the past, goldenrods have had a, um, people didn't, they, they shunned them. They didn't like them. Um, there are two varieties that I, I do like. One is a fairly tall variety called fireworks. But the one that we saw at Chelsea is a quite a low growing solidago. And it's called Lemore. And it yes, has this lovely, bright, lemony, limey, zesty, it lights up and it just looks so good combined with dark purple asters like Monch, um, uh, Astafricati Monch, and all of those sort of related um, asters. It just, well, I suddenly saw it through new eyes. Do you ever do that, Klaus? You know, you yes, see a plant. Yes, that, but I think we also have something to do with when, when, when we are also, when you're talking about single flowering plants, I think that in the beginning, you're, you want all the double ones. Yes. And then when 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 you're getting maybe you're not getting older, but when your garden size is growing, you can also see how important it is with single flowers. Yes. Um, when you're talking about solita, go. I, I yes, but I also like solidaster, which is a cross yeah, between solita yeah. and and aster. Yes, but there are also plants which I was maybe not looking at for, for, for years ago. And when I see it maybe in a new light and maybe in, in, in some um, new combinations, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's also therefore, it's, it's great to go to the gardens and um, to the flower shows. And you're also talking about, um, I say Aston Munch. You say Mon Mon what Munch. Munch, yes. Munch. Oh, yes. But it's 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 also it's it's not quite hard to hear. It's also ah. yes. But but and I can also tell you when I try to plant a plant and it 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 will not grow. I think maybe it can be the conditions in this specific place. Then I I, I try I try it again. But if it will not grow there, I I, I don't want to grow it because no. for me I like to have plants which is quite easy. But maybe. Uh, also in, in in different colors. For example, uh, uh, for example, Centauria montana. There, it's such an easy plant, but there are so many beautiful colors. For example, 
um, Centaurium Montana Carnia, which is like purple, mm. like uh, pink, and um, yes, but but I'm also seeing plants in 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 a new light. Yeah. And we all great, do. It's great for people to follow you because, you know, Alan's very lucky. He's got a pretty mild climate. My garden is small and I'm surrounded by houses, so that affects the climate. And there are plenty of people watching all over the world who have tougher climates and can, can sort of see what's worked for you and, uh, and use that as inspiration for their gardens. So well done. Flying the flag for a slightly more uh, tough climate. Yes, but... Uh... Comparing to Denmark, I'm in a quite mild place because we are just uh, maybe two kilometers from 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 the border. But it's 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 still it's it's still more difficult than in England. But uh, we we can we can grow so many plants here. Yeah. Well, we certainly do. Um, everybody needs to go and watch your YouTube videos. It is, I think, it's just good for the soul taking a walk around your garden with you. It's lovely. Thank you so much. But you know. Um, I, I just started very late because uh, it's it's easier for me to speak English when I'm speaking with you because I think also um, speaking a language is an echo because when I hear you speak speak um, speak English it's a bit easier for me but if I'm talking maybe to 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 uh, to a person from India and and I'm, I'm it's 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 so difficult and I don't I know that my English is not the best. But I, I, I just, I just try to to talk it, and it's so nice for me now. When I'm on YouTube, there are so many followers in the states, and then write me, "Oh, your accent really remind uh, me about my grandmother. She came from Denmark. She moved to here, and also from Argentina. People are are are, are writing about that, and I'm I'm very I'm very very pleased about that, and I. I hope uh, I hope people understand me, and uh, I I know that they uh, that they understand my hello hello. <laughs> <laughs> you have a wonderful voice, Klaus. Uh, it's it's been an absolute joy to listen to you talk about plants for the last hour, and we've kept you for ages. It's been a real treat. Will you perhaps come back one day in the future? Yes, I will. Yeah, I will come every week. <laughs> No, but if we if if you invite me if you invite me uh, maybe in the spring or in the summertime next year, I can show you a part of the garden. Yes. Oh, that'd be delightful. Yeah. I'd love that. And Alan, I will come and and and, and meet you one day. <laughs> yeah, wonderful. You'd be welcome. That's a promise. Guys, yes. <laughs> thank you very much. Have a wonderful day in the garden. Don't get too rained on in the storm in Denmark, and uh, and we look forward to seeing you in the spring. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you for inviting me. All Bye. the best. Goodbye. Hey, Thordis here. Just to say thank you so much for listening to Talking Dirty. You are now officially our favourite person. If you really liked it, please do subscribe because we'll be back for more plant-loving mayhem next week. And as you're our new favourite person, we don't want you to miss out. If you've got a question for Alan and the experts, you can email it to hello at getgardeningnow.co.uk. So happy gardening, and we'll see you, oh favourite person, next time. <laughs>